CEO at Advance Auto Parts. Wonderful to have you on the show. I know profits were on the rise in the quarter, saw a beat on revenue, a little miss on the earnings per share. How did you think uh, you fared through COVID in this pandemic, and now what? Well, I think we did really well, Nicole. Thanks for having me. We uh, established three priorities at the beginning of the pandemic. The first was to prioritize the health, safety, and well-being of our team members and customers. The second was to preserve cash and protect the PL during the crisis. And third, we wanted to make sure we're even stronger after the crisis. And I think we got through uh, the bulk of the difficult times, uh, you know, last year very well. Uh, our comp sales were up for the year. Uh, we had our third consecutive year of comp sales growth and, and operating income growth. And I think we're very well positioned for 2021. What is the number for the comp sales that you expect for 2021 now? Yeah we, guided one, yeah, we guided one to 3%. Uh, we're still early in the year. We were off to a great start. Uh, we highlighted that we've had double-digit comp sales growth uh, through the first four weeks of the year, but there's still uncertainty out there uh, with COVID, uh, with the efficacy of the vaccine, uh, and all of those questions. So we'll, we'll watch it very closely as we go through the year, but we're very pleased with the way we started. And we look forward to seeing a nice recovery in, in parts of our business, uh, in particular, uh, certain channels and geographies. So the double digits is pretty impressive. I mean, if you came out with 10% sales rising, I mean, that would wow. If, even if you came out with 3%, which would be the higher end of the range, um, that would impress folks, I guess, based on the guidance that you've given. It's interesting because last year you had fewer miles driven. Uh, but at the same time, I saw stats that people are keeping their autos longer, which is good news for you. What kind of consumer behaviors and as auto you know, shops reopen, right? I bring my car to the auto shop. That's your customer, too. That's your main guy, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's honestly uh, no one asked for a global pandemic, but it's a fascinating time uh, to be in business because the abrupt nature of these consumer behavioral changes. Uh, if you're on top of it, if you're nimble and you're agile, you can respond very quickly to it. So to your point on miles driven, uh, you know, that is an important driver of long-term demand for our industry. Uh, you know, overall, the professional business that you just referenced, uh, we believe was down last year, the installer side of the business because of that. And as we come back into 2021 and you start to see that recover, uh, as work remote uh, and stay-at-home home orders are moderated, you'll see a recovery in that um, side of the business. So it, it is an interesting time. There's a lot of variables out there, but you just got to be very close to what's going on with your consumer and, uh, and on the installer side with your professional customers. When you talk to folks, um, I, and I know you've been part of these big, huge companies, you were head of Frito-Lay at PepsiCo, you've had a lifetime of experience with global companies and all kinds of different factors and issues. That being said now, when you talk to your team, what kind of economic outlook are you expecting? Are you feeling quite optimistic about the vaccine rollout? Are you feeling that we could even see things move even more quickly than you anticipate, or are you worried? Uh, no, we, I know we're optimistic. We're definitely optimistic. Um, you know, I think the GDP forecast for the year reflect uh, our optimism, the, you know, the national GDP forecast. You know, we're, we're optimistic about the industry recovering fully as people start to, you know, get back in their car and, and drive to things that they weren't doing. I mean, they weren't 
They weren't going to restaurants. They weren't going to the movie theaters. Now we don't we don't expect it to get back to uh, 2019 levels, Nicole, but uh, we do expect it to be an increase over 2020. So you think back to uh, April and May of last year when things just shut down and people were were at home for weeks on end. Uh, you know that's gradually changing. You're seeing parts of the country. Uh, that are getting back to work and getting back to some of the things that they did in the past. Again, we don't see it going all the way back, but better than 2020. Right. I mean, the comps have to be easier. I mean, just to state the obvious, it's got to get better, right? As people yeah. are dying, and there's so much pent up demand. People are dying to get whatever it is done that they want to get done. Um, you know, we've had a nation sort of stall, no pun intended, since I'm talking to you and Auto Pro. That being said, now what? When we talk about some different trends, electric vehicles, for example, um, I know you work with a lot of professional businesses. I don't know what kind of fleets you work with or auto garages. Uh, how, does the, how are some of the trends treating you? What are you seeing? Well, I mean, the, the big, uh, more disruptive long-term trends that we monitor are uh, obviously electrification, autonomous, ride-sharing, connectivity. Um, the ones that are closer in uh, are ride-sharing and connectivity. Those ones, you know, we, we monitor those very closely. Uh, electric is a little further out. There's 280 million vehicles on the road today. 97% uh, of them are internal combustion engines. So, I mean, for a period of time, you know, you're going to still have a, largely a similar fleet. Now, gradually, electric will become bigger. So we, we monitor all of those trends, but the, the automotive aftermarket has been a pretty resilient industry for a long time. And we've been able to adapt and evolve to, to different technology trends in the industry, and I'm sure we'll do so in the future. Yeah, you know, and I, I don't know what kind of trends when people talk about less expensive, more expensive, foreign parts, uh, USA cars, pickups versus small cars. I mean, do you do you see certain trends there and do certain ones help you more? By the way, at the same time, I should note that your stock has sort of broken out in comparison to others that are in similar businesses like O'Reilly and AutoZone. Um, you know, we've noticed a little bit of a breakout in outperformance. Um, so that's actually some good news there for your company as well. So tell me about some of the other trends, like pickup trucks and foreign cars versus domestic. Yeah, well, well, certainly we've seen a, a long-term trend uh, shifting to foreign cars. Uh, that's been going on for years. Um, uh, definitely an interesting trend to you know uh, larger uh, light-duty trucks and and SUVs, uh, and then obviously on on the value segment, there's a, there's also a, a trend towards you know, the uh, less expensive vehicles, you know, uh, lower priced uh, sticker price for, for consumers. I mean, back to the uh, changes initiated by COVID, you think one of the things that people have been concerned about, Nicole, is the getting onto a subway or getting onto uh, a train or any kind of mass transportation associated with uh, a lot of people. And we saw that in, in China. We, we certainly are seeing it here. And what that's meant is in some places, uh, like New York or Boston or LA, people are people are you know buying a vehicle when they didn't have one before. You know they were you know traveling to work on a on a subway or a train. Um, you know they don't they don't feel comfortable doing that, so they're getting themselves yeah. a used vehicle. And the yeah, I understand that. Yep. Off the charts right now, uh, especially under ten thousand dollars. 
I wanted to ask you about acquisitions. I know that in 2019 you acquired the Sears battery business, the diehard battery business. By the way, I mean, that was the place to get a battery for, for as long as I can remember, right? Um, any other acquisitions or anything you're working on, mergers? Well, well, first of all, we're thrilled with how diehard has gone. Uh, this is a great, iconic American brand. It's been around a long time. It really didn't have the care and feeding uh, that it had earlier on in its life. It's been around since the 60s, and we've rejuvenated it. We launched our Die Hard is Back campaign last fall featuring Bruce Willis. It's on air right now. It's extremely cold across the country, so uh, for those of you who are pretty cold and have difficulty with your batteries, we offer free installations, so just head over to one of our stores and we'll help you out with the best battery around. But in terms of, you know, M&A, you know, what we said publicly is we're, we've got a really strong agenda to drive uh, shareholder return. Um, you know, accelerating our margins, you know, driving comp sales above the market and returning a lot of excess cash to shareholders. And anything that we would do in that space would have to be very, very simple and easy. We're not planning on anything big. We've got a pretty hefty agenda as it is.